I want women women to know their right to the point that we shouldn't be used as an object. But if you're not going to make me your wife, don't make me a mother. If you're not ready to stay with a woman with a disability, if you feel she's a curse, then don't go for it. So this is kind of, it's kind of stressing, but I think I should say it. I have had a couple of complaints from women with disability saying, when we go to hospitals, we are not given the same right. Nurses will ask you, why are you pregnant even when you're disabled? Now, who impregnated such a person? My name is Barney Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. Hey Susan, welcome to my podcast. Okay, it's a pleasure being here. Is it good evening, good morning? It's it's good morning right now uh, where we're at. Uh, yeah, it's actually 11.37 in, in Uganda. Uh, no, in, in the US. Uh, first of all, I'm going to apologize for extending this recording, but I knew I really had to, to do it. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on my podcast and I'm excited to have a conversation with you. I know we've had a few conversations uh, behind the, this recording or behind this podcast recording, which I'm bringing you here to, to talk about. Uh, but before we go into the topic, I just want you to introduce yourself to my listeners. Okay. Thank you so much, Bonnie. And uh, I am humbled. And it's a great one. Like you said, you have had small conversation before. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to say thank you for this. Uh, my name is uh, Susan Awar. I am a TV presenter at UBC. And I host Person with Disability. My show airs out every Monday, 8.30 p.m. Then my repeat runs every Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. That's for Ugandan time. And the same hour my show runs, my YouTube, sh- my YouTube is always on the same hour. Okay. So that's my name. Oh, yeah. Susan, yeah, nice, nice to meet you and nice to connect with you. Um, I'm so privileged to have you on my podcast and like you say you're in the TV business and doing a lot of things I've been able to see some of the work you do on the YouTube channel um, so, yeah uh, so Susan uh, tell us a little bit about your background like people who don't know you where were you born and a little bit about you your background okay I am born and raised from Tororo from a very humble family. My both mother and father are there. And I'm from a family of five. Currently, I'm the first born. I would say that any time that currently I'm the first born. I am a mother and I am a wife. I think that's me. Uh, how many kids do you got? I have two, two. Okay. That's that's nice. Uh, so you grew up in Toro. How did you end up coming to, to Kampala? Okay, I grew up partly in Tororo for like, um, I was born in Entebbe, but later on, I was taken to the village by my mom. Okay. And uh, I came back to Kampala. Let me say staying for good now. 
I came back after my senior six. Okay. That is 2020, I think 12, yes. So I came back to Kampala after my senior six, of course I wanted a job and I had a sister who was already at campus. So after my senior six, I told them, man, I can't stay in the village, you know, village life is so hard. So I have to come get myself a job. She was like, no, we should job when you don't have papers. I'm like, it's okay. Even if it's cleaning, provided me I'm working. That's how I ended up coming back after senior six. And until that, I'm here. So how did you then land a job in a new BC? Uh, I have been into a couple of TV. This is my second TV. I was at Urban for kind of one to two years. But then later on in 2019, UBC called in for auditions from people, for people from different TVs. And one of my friends was my camera person, told me, Susan, there's a chance in UBC. Now, uh, there's a chance in UBC and the auditions are for people or for a cooking show, like a, a cooking show. It was about a cooking show. I told him, but I don't know how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> I told me no. The moment you enter UBC, the rest is not cooking. You just make sure you go for the audition. If mm-hmm. you go through, better. If you fail, mm-hmm. so he connected me to a friend at UBC. I went for the audition, and of course, I didn't have ideas on cooking at that time. So they told me you're good, but I think you cannot do cooking. Maybe you can do something else, and I'm like something else, like. And I had my other show at uh, Urban, which was about hosting religious leaders. So now, these guys didn't buy my, my idea. And they were like, no, if you can come up with something for yourself, then maybe you can stay. So I came up with a couple of ideas. And every idea I would bring up someone would be like, no, Susan, this is not you. I tried doing Lugambo. <laughs> <laughs> the gossiping show. Yes, I tried that one and I even did my demo. Then it went on, but then later on, when COVID came there, I had to step down. Of course, every time I would not see myself do something I don't understand. Now, getting back to what I do right now, I think later on, me and my boyfriend, I should call him my boyfriend, my husband. Okay, me and my husband sat down and um, build up a concept and say, okay, which concept is better for Susan? Now, inside me, taking a small bunny about some life I skipped after my senior six. After my senior six, I joined campus. From campus, when I was one year old, I developed, is it developed? Yes, I developed TB. I developed TB. That's tuberculosis. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gave me a physical disability. I'm not right now, I'm not physically disab- disabled. Okay. But at that time, eh? at that time, eh? now when I got the physical disability, of course, I knew the stigma and everything these people go through. Uh, when we sat down and said we can come up with a better concept, that was already in my mind. I can host person with disability. And we're like, okay. Uh, we wrote the concept after writing the concept. Of course, I was already having connections with UBC, but don't forget my other show was put down. Of course, I didn't want it to do not the mean Ugambo. something that is 
say it's not of your calling and you're trying to just make yourself be on TV because you want you want to be on TV. Now, me and my guy sat down and wrote this concept. And when he wrote the concept, he would guide me and say, okay, here, do this, here, do this. Uh, after writing, I went to, I think, HTV. Yeah, HTV. I had a friend and I was like, okay, I have a concept. Maybe you can go through and guide. So my friend went through the concept and we're like, okay, it's a good one. Maybe you can come. We talk about it. I went, we talked about it. The same day, you know how Ugandans can mean to consult from friends and different people before you start up something. Start to consult from a dear friend who was already at UBS. I'm like, okay, uh, I have a concept and I think we can do this. Then the girl was like, fine, come, we'll talk about it. So it is kind of a long story for me to be on yeah. UBC, but it's an interesting one. How long have you worked on UBC? How long has your show been on UBC? One year. One year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was able to, to watch uh, the show. And you say the show is a person with a disability. What's the name of the show? The Life I Live. The Life I Live. Yeah. Um, so I believe you've told us how you went into hosting people with disability or the life I live. It's coming from your personal story. Um, and then later on, we were talking about something uh, you wanted to do for these people. Uh, you talked about the stigma like the uh, So you're running a campaign, uh, violence against women and girls with disability. Uh, how, what made you start this campaign? Okay, early, early, in middle of last year, I got a call from a lady who is disabled and she's a leader. Now she took me through the life these people live. Of course, I would know, but not to some point. They would be opening up to me, but not to some point. Of course, when someone has been raped, we'll just tell you Susan has raped because of this and this. But then this person will not tell you exactly everything about the rape. Now, this woman sat me down and told me, Susan, uh, the group of women I want you to meet, the around 300 women within Wakiso and Kampala. But these women go through a lot. And uh, I know they would love to hear from you one day. And they would be encouraged if they saw you because they the only end thing on TV. So when I came back, I told my husband about the idea of meeting these 300 women and was like, okay, I think it's a go for it. Go for it, go meet them, hear the ideas and maybe mm -hmm, something can come out from there. So we arranged, I went and met these women and meeting with these women, we talked a couple of things and we discussed, they were welcoming. Uh, not forgetting among the 300 women, 75% are single mothers, 35% are living with HIV, then the 10% are jobless. Now, we have three, four around four struggles in this. We have being a single mother, we have living with HIV, we have being jobless, and also we have a disability. Now, putting all these in one person is kind of, I don't know what to say, but it's kind of stressing one. So when I talked to them, I came back 
to myself and I looked, I got the ideas on how some of them got HIV, how some of them end up being single parents and these men never come back. Now I'm going to take you through the life of albinism. The albinism sisters we have don't have a good sight. If me and what's, al what's, al what's albinism? Is that the albinos? Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Okay. They have poor sight. Now, some of them that I've interacted with are single mothers and they don't remember this man that even if you brought them and you wanted justice, I'm pretty sure they would not recognize that these are the men whom, who impregnated me. Now, we about the disabled ones who crawl down. Some of these men would not rip them, but would promise to marry them and use them then after let them be. So we came up, me and my husband sat down and said, okay, we can advocate for the right of these women. We can bring up a team and say, okay, let's advocate for these women. At least they should know their right. Of course, this is not something that is going to end tomorrow, Bonnie. It's not something that is going to end in one year, but the more we increase in the voice of people on front line, the more we decrease on the violence in the country. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how the idea, that's how the idea of end violence came about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, like I say, I'm usually passionate about things like this, like people like you coming to give a hand and know these stories of people uh, that are struggling and giving your time to even have that heart to help uh, these people. Um, and that's why when you talked to me, I was like, yeah. You need to come to my podcast and talk about that because I want people to hear. I want people to listen to these stories and they feel what you feel when you pick yourself up to go and give a hand and hear these stories from you. I could stand here and talk about anything. Like you could tell me and then I come on my podcast, I talk by hosting you here so that people, my listeners, can hear you speak these things and like later on we're going to talk about how you need a hand you need support and fundraising raising money which we'll talk about later and for them to listen to this story that you're going to tell us or you're telling us will open their ears and like you said we need to talk about these things and make awareness uh, for, for these people so you kind of talked about a few stories of the albinism and are there some specific stories or, with people that you've encountered that you can share with us uh, some you can share with us like two or some of the stories of the violence against the women and the girls with disability okay i'm going to start with a young girl of 17 years this young girl wasn't wasn't a person with disability, though she some 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 abuser tried to rape her. So when this guy tried to rape her, and she tried, this young guy had to cut cut her. The first part had to cut the leg. After cutting the leg, he cut, he cut off the hand, and after cutting off the hand, wanted to cut off the head. But now in between cutting off the hand, she made noise. And I think in the neighborhood, they had the noise and they had to rush in the house. They found the girl, the young girl was hopeless, being cut off and this man took off. Now, when this man took off, a few people spotted him and saw him that yes, it was him who was cutting off the girl. And the first thing they did was to rush the girl to hospital. After rushing her to hospital, 
uh, they came, I think police came in. When police came in, uh, they took the guy. The guy was arrested. Now, the guy was arrested, but until now, justice hasn't been brought into table for three reasons. The first one is the guy is from a prominent home. The second one is the family of the girl is this one family that doesn't care. How do Susan get this story? Now, a friend of mine took over this girl and after taking her over, took her to hospital and is taking care of her. And when she wanted someone to talk to, she told me about the girl. I think if, if we, we, we sat as a team and talked to parents to get to know their right, that even if, Bonnie, you don't have money, you mm -hmm. can stand for your right and say, my daughter needs justice. Yeah. And, uh, and at the same point, we don't have to, other people getting VIP treatment and others get low treatment because they don't have the money. Like I said, the, the, the abuser was from a prominent home and justice hasn't been brought to table for that. Mm -hmm. The second story is going to be of a woman, uh, a woman like me, she gave birth to three sets of albinism. Now that's one, first twin, second twin, third twins. Now, wow. when she gave birth to a set of three sets of albinism, uh, someone advised her husband to sell off the albinisms to get money. Of course, there is that saying that says, when you marry an albinism, you're going to get rich, when you can use their head, this and this. Now, this guy was advised to sell off at least two of these. Of course, there were now six, two. Now, this guy plans very well on how to sell these kids. Uh, and the poor mother is just home. She doesn't know anything, anything. I think the guy even got, in, got the money. One day, the kids were being sent to school. The, the guy and the buyers camped closely to school. Of course, the father is a seller. Now, when they camped next to school, they called off. Of course, they were telling, we want this one who has never shaved off. One this one who has this eyes. Remember, they have sight problem. Now there is long sight, there is short. Now this buyers had specific what they wanted. The guy was like, "It's okay, me. I have them. Just point what you want, and I'm giving you." Now, God for me is this woman was tapped on in the process of this. Someone, some good Samaritan came to her and told her. Uh, something is going to happen to one of your kids either. But I don't want to say it's a go or sure of. Your husband is planning to sell your kids. I'm like, eh? but my husband went for work. But no, right now as we speak, your husband is taking the kids with him. Now, this woman wouldn't even run. What she did was first call police. Now she called police and I was like, Bananga, I need help. My husband is selling off kids. Of course, she was not sure. She was 80% because the information they gave her was leading like closely because she even saw the buyers. But the husband was trying to divert every business. He was like, business, business. Oh, was the same selling. I was like, okay, as this man talk of business, maybe this is the business. Now she calls police. When she called police, 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 actually, police never responded there and then. Uh, 
but she went on to the community to mobilize neighbors and be like, people help me, my husband is planning to sell off his kids, this and this. So in the neighborhood, they called the school and told the school, this guy is planning to sell those kids, you can hide them. So that day, the guy failed. On failing, he came back and had to burn the woman's house down. So when he burned the woman's house down, the woman became home. Until right now, as I speak to you, she sleeps. I don't know if you know some Kubisuku is like a garden where people mm -hmm. dig and they form a, a house for someone to keep. So now yeah. this woman here has uh, has all these kids. Of course, the story is long, whereby at some point the, the husband wanted to kill her. Mm -hmm. So now because this other person wanted their money back, kind of stressing and touching at the same time, seeing a father planning to sell his own kids eh, for money. I think those are two fair ones, but I have I have enough that can take yeah. a whole day. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a lot of stories like people can can listen to and a lot of things happening in Uganda and people like parents not knowing, like they think albinism is like a curse or something like that. Like so I'm sure you could tell us, but I just wanted to share a sample so my listeners can relate to what you're actually trying to to do and trying to help the kind of people that you're trying to help. So so what's the main goal of this campaign that you you were running? Um, so what, what's the goal like you want to reach? What do you want to see out of the campaign? Okay, now I have three things. The first one is changing the mindsets of person with disability. Now I have one for myself, I've had different meetings. And when you call people with disability into a meeting, they have a mindset of Susan is going to give us food. Susan has to give us transport. Now, Bonnie, if tomorrow I'm not on UBC, who will give you this food tomorrow? Mm -hmm. That's the first one. We want to change the mindset of person with disability that you're worthy. You're not worthy food. You're more yeah. than food. Yeah. You get it? Eh? The second one, uh, I want I want women to be I want women women to know their right to the point that we shouldn't be used as an object. That if you're not going to make me your wife, don't make me a mother. If you're not ready to stay with a woman with a disability, if you feel she's a curse, then don't go for it. You get it? Eh? The third one should be the medical part of it. You know, I shouldn't say this is kind of. It's kind of stressing, but I think I should say it. I have had a couple of complaints from women with disability saying, when we go to hospitals, we are not given the same right. Nurses will ask you, why are you pregnant even when you're disabled? Now, who impregnated such a person? Now, that comes back to the medical sector. We want this, we actually, we have training for medical personnel, security, and teachers. We want to bring up a, 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 a uniform Uganda to the point that if a disabled woman goes to hospital, she's given the same right Susan is given. If she's pregnant and she's going continental, there's nothing like asking her, who impregnated you? You get it? Eh? Mm -hmm. So I think those are the major three ones that we are working upon now. Yeah, that's that's really good. And like the last part you just say, like, 
equality like whether they're disabled they're also human like you and that's the same thing we we all like call for color uh whether somebody is different from you we're all one people one all we're all one and that's yeah definitely equality should be there and nurses and doctors should know better like if uh, anybody can get pregnant no matter what your circumstances are and there are some questions you can't ask people it's like uh, something like there was a saying that they used to have back in, in Uganda like when you see somebody disabled don't try to mock them or like just uh, like like something like that um it bothers me a lot when people discriminate other people yeah i i, I really don't like it so you've pro uh you've planned a fundraising dinner as a way of raising funds and this is happening when is this happening what's the date and what's the time and what's where is this going to be okay the fundraising is going to be at sheraton on 8th of March, that's Women's Day. Time is 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, what's 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 about? Like, what's the, the tell us what the dinner is going to be about, the settings, and what people to expect. Okay, the first thing is eh, we didn't want to sit down and wait for funders to come in. We wanted mm. to do activities that would bring in funds, so that if Bonnie is willing to give us money, he would see us on the go. Then he says, okay, there's somewhere I can put in. On the same day of dinner being a women's day, we shall have different poems and performances. We have women who have been victims come share their stories. We have also invited people from different ministries. We have invited people from Human Rights Commission to come and tell us about our rights. I, for one, I shouldn't say I know all my rights. Then we shall have selling of items from person with disability. We shall have performances, then the dinner. Okay. Um, so this is something I, I've seen a poster and I'm going to share the poster in, in this recording and on my social media for people to see. But uh, will you go ahead and tell us how much the tickets are for and what they're selling for? Okay. I'm going to say it in shillings and in dollars. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. All the shillings worked. Okay, uh, 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 ordinary wine goes in for a hundred k. Okay. Then a VIP starts at three hundred. Then we have one for five hundred. We have a table at one million. Okay. And all this money is going towards helping your campaign, right? Yes. Yes. Now all this money we are going to raise at start is going to make help us go identify the victims of course there are many mm -hmm. so we need some amount of money like around 30 million for uganda to start going to the field to identify these people then from that we shall go on with the counseling you know in every situation counseling comes in first mm -hmm. so after identifying to get to know the victims we shall do the counseling meanwhile looking for more fines we have capacity building, but I think that will come after identifying to know who are the victims, what do they need, which type of help do they need. All right. 
Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds good. And it's on this very point that I want to, to tell my listeners that you and I have had a conversation about me joining in to kind of give you a hand to see if I can help like raising uh, support. I've been able to run a few fundraisers on my Facebook where people donate anything they want. I've, I've just finished a fundraiser to help uh, kids go back to school. And I don't ask people for money but I just put it out there. If somebody feels touched to donate towards a good cause, they're willing to do it. And you asked me to start a GoFundMe page for you, which I wanted to open up to my listeners that if anybody sees a GoFundMe page that's happening, uh, the money that will be donated on that, or I can just actually make it on my Facebook fundraiser as like I did the other one to raise funds to help your campaign because this is a good cause and I want to be part of the good cause. That's the reason why I started this platform to share stories like this and be a part of the change, especially for Uganda. So to all my listeners, I'm going to make another fundraiser pretty soon here. And like you said, the campaign is on, on March 8th. So if we can donate money before March 8th to help them get started on what they want to do. And if you want to be a part of that, I'll put up a fundraiser and share on all my social media. Why did you choose uh, fundraising dinner as a way of raising funds? Uh, I think, um, I shouldn't think, but the right thing was yeah, that some good people still that would give in a hand, me and you know that. Yeah? And when you call us together, of course, it's not just fundraising that you're going to come and sit and just bring in money, but we need these people to come together. Like we sit, talk, discuss, you know, the ideas you have, I know the ideas I have. So people who are coming are going to be like partners that you're going to work with. So the only way to bring in people together is to have a dinner together. Even mm -hmm. in the Bible, the Bible says, when you want to, when you want to have peace with someone, Invite them into your house. I'm not so good. I'm not so good at Bible, but I think I know about this. You invite them in your house, have a, a cup of coffee, then you can discuss. So I think we, we, we chose dinner for a startup because we need people to come together and see how we can discuss different challenges. They come to know, of course, when I would say a car wash, no one is going to come and hear the story while washing that car. But for dinner, someone is going to sit and listen to a woman speak the right and see this is what I'm putting in my money and mm -hmm. it's right. And to also put a note on that, every accountability and every money that will be given in at least will be accountable for on my program. Okay. And we shall have a channel that will be running every program every day. We shall be having different women. Everything we shall be doing will be on my program. All right, that's the most important part, actually, too. Like, whenever I run a fundraiser, I want the people I send the money to to account for that money, give a feedback. So when we share to the people that donate this money, they can see what their money went to. But sometimes you donate money to the people and you never see where the money went. So that's a good thing that you account for that money. And to all our listeners, um, like she said, when you donate this money to help these women, um, you will be accounted for and you will, you will say it. Um, so we're coming close to the end of uh, this recording, but what do you want to say to the people listening that um, 
you want them to join your campaign? What's the word you tell to the listeners that you want them to join this campaign or to be a part of this? What kind of message will you send to them? Okay, that's thank you for that. Thank you, Bonnie. I should start with thanking the government and anyone who has been giving a hand to a woman. Not like I'm the first person to do this, and I'm not going to be the last person. And there is always there is always a door for opportunity for people to come in if the thing is right. Uh, I should put this on a thank to anyone who is a good Samaritan that whatever you're doing now, God will pay you for it. Now, Bonnie, this campaign is not only for Susan. I want tomorrow, if Susan is not there and Bonnie or any other person is there, this person can take it over. Or if this one person is meeting, is has found a disabled woman being beaten, you shouldn't take photos. Why do you have to take photos over this? The first thing is go rescue this person. So I want people to come and work together to the point that even if I'm not there, the campaign can go. Even if I die right now, the campaign stays. You get it? Eh? Mm-hmm. Like I want a, a better Uganda or a better country for everyone that even if I have a disability, please, I should know my right. Even with my disability, I can still do this. So if we joined hands, like three hands are better than one. If we joined hands, there are those who have the funds, there are those who have the knowledge, there are those who have the equipment, there are those who have this. So if we join hands and build up a great team, I'm pretty sure these women would live a comfortable life. Yeah, Susan, thank you very much uh, for sharing that and giving us um, that information. And I'm sure whatever we'll raise or whatever people will donate, um, I pray people listen to this and um, they donate money towards your cause. Uh, I'm sure after that, we'll be back here with you sharing the stories like, hey, we raised this money and it helped us do this and do that um, so they can listen to the successful stories that you have to share after after this. Um, Is there any life lesson that you've learned through life that you can share with us? Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I'm going to take you through two things. Now, one day I met, uh, I should say, a guy. He's an old guy. He's around 70 or 80. He invited me to his house. And uh, during the conversation, he never had where to stay, but he was blind. Now, I learned two things in life that uh, my father my father it's a touching one bonnie but i don't know how to bring it of course this guy is homeless but i learned a lesson of why why would we not have mercy and front the disability first of course he has a small land and someone is pushing him out why don't we put the disability first for here and say okay he has a disability i should give him a right to own the land that's the first lesson I learned in life. The second one should be uh, of single mothers. I always ask myself, I know what it takes, like no one wants to be a single mother in this planet, unless, but no one wants to do that. How are these people handling life when they don't have a job, they have children, and at the same time, she's disabled. So I've learned to give in a hand, whatever way I would, through that. I would, I would, I would always tell you, Bonnie, if I have something, 
would always because of that because i always sit myself down and say what they go through if it was me it would be a no i wouldn't handle but they're strong and they're there to go so i've learned those two things that is good and uh, that is nice uh, i always ask people life lessons because i want them to share their life lesson to the listeners and also to me I listen to people's life stories and they impact me in, in different ways. And um, that's why I always ask my guests that question. Now I have a signature question that I ask everybody that I'm going to ask you. I, I don't tell it to people before I host them. That's why on my list, I write it as a signature question. Um, but what gets you, what gets you excited about life? Okay. I think, I think helping someone who needs my help. And also, I think working in the society and I feel it's worth it. I will give me excited is seeing someone like seeing someone's story out there and this person gets helped through me. I feel it's worth it. Mm-hmm. If I do something and I add, I shouldn't say I give that big, eh? but the small I can do. If someone wanted help and wants to be, I, I can't afford giving it, then it's a go for me. That is a really good answer. And I think that's the same answer I have. That brings me joy and happiness in my head that I was able to help somebody. I, I was able to raise some, actually it wasn't me, but I worked through me, God worked through me to put it out there to raise these funds and people send me pictures of these kids going to school and that makes me excited because this kid was sitting at home and there's one story of the one girl called Abby her mother a porter like she works in construction to raise funds and then the mother she's um the mother is sick so mama way a porter but the kid wanted to go to school but she couldn't and I was able to find her sponsor and seeing Abby's pictures going to school, doing all the activities brings joy. So I really relate with you on that, like seeing somebody being helped uh, make, makes me happy. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on my podcast. I'm gonna, I can't wait for my listeners to listen to this story and I'm going to share it. Uh, but before I let you go, is there anybody you would recommend to be hosted on my podcast? any guests that you would want to see on my podcast to share their story or to do anything. I host different people on my podcast and I want to have more. So is there anybody you can recommend? Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Should I tell you the name or I can give them your number? You tell me the name and then you can give them my number. You can connect me to them. Uh, I think I'll give you one of my friends. Is the director of... Um, person with albinism iganga he's okay. a good friend to me i know he has a great story he's okay. called peter the other name is kaida Hyde, but i'll give him your number he has a very okay. great story share about albinism that'll be nice and i i really love that i don't have any knowledge about it and that's the other thing when i host people who have knowledge in something they open our eyes and give us this information so i would gladly love to host him on my podcast and my listeners to listen to to his story so once again susan i want to appreciate you for coming on my podcast and spending these 35 minutes with us uh, today thank you so much thank you thank you so much too
Hey there, I am Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching my video and don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend. Tune in every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for a new episode about my podcast. And for more information about this podcast, follow me on my Instagram page, talk underscore show underscore 256.